Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. This is episode 11 already. I cannot believe we've had 11 episodes, but I'm so happy and so proud and so excited to talk to you when I can. Remember, I have a book available, so look in the show notes. I do not repeat information between the book and the podcast. Please like, subscribe, review, and give me five stars wherever you listen. Please email any comments or suggestions or topic ideas to Free Spirit Podcasts. That's with an S at gmail.com. And always check out my other podcast, Two Enlightened Bitches. When you see the image of a red wine glass, you are in the right place. All right, so I have a COVID update today. I have contractor friends who are flying more consistently. I've heard from two of them very recently, actually in the past two weeks, My theory is that the rich have COVID fatigue. They are pretty much over this shit like the rest of us. And keep in mind, we don't have the life of the rich and famous. We don't understand that we can just take our plane and fly at the drop of a hat. We're in the mood to go to our house in Costa Rica or on vacation in Tahiti. That's normal for them. They just do it. They drop everything and they do it. For us, it's it's a big plan. It's six months in advance. We have to save the money. For them, it's nothing. So the fact that they can't have this instant gratification, I think they're pretty much over it at this point. <laughs> and that's why I'm, I don't agree in corporate aviation with the idea of a dark winter. You know, I really don't listen to much of the news because it's so negative, But the couple times I have, all they've been talking about lately is, oh, it's a dark winter. And by the way, I'm recording this episode the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, 2020. And that's all they've been saying. It's going to be a dark winter. It's going to be long. It's going to be dark. Well, first of all, (laughs) when is winter not long? And second of all, there's snow around. And if you're not in a place of snow, you're probably in a place of sun. So I don't agree with that negative dark winter winter. You know, there's light too. There's snow, there's sun. And I really think the rich are climbing the walls and they just want to get out and start doing things normally and going wherever they want. So wherever they can go at this point, I believe that they're going to fly more. I am not predicting a long, dark winter for corporate aviation. I believe things are going to pick up in January. I really do, especially as it gets colder out and these people want to travel more. That is my prediction. Let's see what happens. So they're flying to places from what I can see and what people have told me, such as LA, Los Angeles, New York, London, and the Caribbean. Those are the hot spots I'm personally seeing. Oh, and also, if any actors are filming up in Vancouver right now or even Toronto, that's an option too. Today's topic is the idea of being mentally prepared for last minute issues that may arise. We had discussed in an episode before about thinking on your feet. Today we're not talking about that. Instead, we're talking more about the mental preparation 
if you listen to my other podcast, you will know that I live by the law of attraction. I love it. I try to think as positively as I can, but even when that happens, you are working in corporate aviation where there are a million moving parts and you can't control people and you certainly can't control air traffic. So saying all that, you have to almost go in with a realistic perspective. You have to, instead of being on cloud nine saying, oh, every trip is going to be perfect and everything, it's not about that. It's more having a good mental preparation so you can say, okay, if X and Y arise, I can take care of it and then it will be a good trip. So I'm talking about at the beginning of the trip of when things happen, when you get on that plane and you start to prepare. There's always something, especially as a contractor, because as a contractor, we don't know the plane upside and down and forward and back. We're not a full-timer. We're not on that plane all the time. So for us, you're constantly jumping on different planes, and that means there's a lot more moving parts. Some of the issues that may arise are traffic, traffic delays, weather, maintenance issues on the plane, late passengers, early passengers, catering, etc. And these are just several that I've listed, but there can be more. So again, it's not about being negative. It's about being realistic. This is where, yes, you need to take that concept of thinking on your feet and then pivoting in the moment. And I'm going to give you four scenarios today of what happened to me. So just sit back because today we're having Jennifer story time and you're going to understand what I mean by the end of this. And by the end of this, you are going to know what it means to be mentally prepared for any situation when you walk on that aircraft. First situation, I was asked to do a trip, it was just a day trip, to the Kentucky Derby. When big events like this happen, Super Bowl, Kentucky Derby, the Masters, there are a million billion planes flying into the same place at once. So you can imagine, of course, there's going to be traffic delays. And then if you add weather on top of this, and then you add parking on top of this, I mean, the parking of the actual plane, there's going to be a lot of obstacles. You're not going to park right next to the FBO. That's not going to happen. You're going to park all the way in the airfield forever away, and you're going to have to take a bus there. You know, the FBO, the small private airport that everyone else is waiting in, may be so crowded that you just want to stay on the plane. And you and the pilots just want to stay on the plane. That happens too. Anyway, when I first stepped on the plane to head to the Kentucky Derby, which was obviously the preparation time, the plane was not running, the pilots turned on the plane and I'm doing everything with catering, I'm, I'm organizing, I'm preparing for the passengers. Obviously, first thing you always do is safety, right? You, you do your safety card and make sure all the safety equipment is there. And then you start preparing catering and, and everything. And catering came on time and everything looked good. And I want to say with some of these events, for example, the Kentucky Derby, the passengers will request things like mint juleps, which are the special Kentucky Derby drink, or decorations. My passengers didn't. 
And I'll be honest with you, I did not go above and beyond because what I find in this industry is unless they ask for it, to me, being a realist here, it's not worth it. Unless you absolutely just love doing it and that's what drives you and you just look forward to making mint juleps and doing all sorts of balloons and whatever. But what I find is that it never goes back to your supervisor. They never say anything to the pilots. You never get a great review. It's it's just a standard ordinary day for them. So to me, I don't want to put in hours of extra work when I'm being paid the same it not work itself out in the tip. Let's put it that way. So so that's how I feel about that. And you're going to see why I'm happy I didn't go that extra step and make the fancy drinks and do the big decorations. So what happened was we step on the plane. I did have to prepare some type of drink. I think it was a mimosa. And I did have some snacks out because I think they wanted snacks out on the plane and these little finger sandwiches and all sorts of things. The pilots come up to me and they say, we're having a maintenance issue. Now, these people wanted tons of alcohol. So I had crates of alcohol and then I had everything set out in glasses already. The mimosas set out in glasses. I had the food on trays, everything. And the pilots say, we have a maintenance issue and we have to switch planes. And the passengers are early. This is why I'm glad I did not do all the balloons and all the fancy drinks and the whole thing and they had to look a certain way because if you're ever in that situation, it's going to be completely ruined. What we did was I had help. I think they brought another person on for me and myself and the two pilots did the best we could. We unloaded as fast as we could and went on to the other plane and I still, I still had the drinks in hand. I'll, I'll never forget it. And it was a full plane. It was 13 passengers. And I did the best I could. And I think it ended up looking good. They were happy. I'm going to be honest with you. I got a, a great tip. I actually flew the winners of the Kentucky Derby. So that's kind of fun to know. Everything ended up fine. But I had to quickly pivot in that moment and say, okay, what do we do now? And talk to the pilots about it. And the pilot said, okay, let's get the crates of alcohol off. Everything we can get off as fast as you can, as much as we need. We'll call people in. And then with the drinks, we just did them, you know, two at a time. And we put them on the other plane. And we just did it the best we could. But I didn't lose my cool. I wasn't upset. I just realized I had to pivot. And I also had to lose that idea of perfectionism. I knew at that point... The mimosas probably weren't going to look perfect by the time they saw them. So what? Who cares? What can you do at that point, right? They understood that we had a maintenance issue. They understood that they arrived 30 minutes early. There's nothing you can do. And they ended up being very nice people and it was fine. The second scenario, I was with a crew. It was a five-person crew, which is highly unusual in this business. This was my first account ever, so I was... uh, persona non grata or the lowest on the totem pole. I was the third flight attendant. We all get on the plane and the caterer comes and it looks good and he does a good job, but he forgot the pizza. The lead flight attendant looked at me and said, you have to have someone take you to get pizza. And you know, you're in the middle of this Caribbean island. I think it was Anguilla. 
I have no idea where the pizza even is. And I just had to trust this West Indian person who worked at the FBO that they got for me and say, I really need pizza and it needs to be, you know, within a five, 10 minute drive from here because we have to make it and go. The problem with the Caribbean, and I love the Caribbean, they are always late, always late. Even if you order catering two and a half hours earlier, somehow they will get it to you 45 minutes before the passengers come on. They, or even less, 30 minutes. They just work on Caribbean time and it can be really frustrating. Just so you know, quick tip, in Europe, they're only legally allowed to deliver food to the aircraft. So it's not like the U.S. where you can order your food three hours ahead of time, have it sitting in the refrigerator, and it's no problem. You can't have that. You have to be on the aircraft. So that can make things a little complicated too. Anyway, back to Anguilla, I had to pivot. I had to run out get the pizza, make sure it wasn't cooked fully because when you reheat pizza on a plane, you never want it cooked fully. I always tell them, do not brown the crust. Do not cook it all the way through because then it reheats better. So I had to wait for that, which again, this is Caribbean time. This is West Indian time. They were not moving fast. I finally got the pizza in the nick of time. We drove it back and I probably had maybe 15 minutes to spare before 19 people came back onto this jet. And keep in mind, these were all really high-maintenance, finicky people. And they ended up actually not even asking for pizza. But it's one of these things in this business, if you don't have it, guarantee that's what they're going to ask for. My third scenario, I had overbooked myself and I did a trip came in from the trip, let's say at 11 p.m. at night. The next day I flew out at something like four. So I either slept in my car or I slept at the FBO. I think I slept at the FBO because there are couches where you can sleep or there's sleeping rooms. And I was so tired because I had been working nonstop. And this is something I warn you against too is When you get to that point of fatigue, you need to take a break. I was so exhausted that I ended up cutting my finger as I was cutting fruit, and I really cut it. It wasn't a small little cut. It was bleeding profusely. I did not need stitches, but I had to wait until the bleeding ended, and that took 20 minutes away from my prep time. So, of course, I'm sitting there cursing to myself, These things happen, a lot of things that you can't predict. And you know what? If I had taken the time for myself and not overbooked myself, I'm telling you that wouldn't have happened. And a small tip is a flight attendant's best friend are Band-Aids because you think, okay, who cares about Band-Aids because you can get them from the medical kit on the plane. There is a seal on that medical kit and the pilots don't like it broken. Unless you really have to break the seal, they don't want it broken for a Band-Aid because it's money, right? Because then you're going to have to pay for an entirely new medical kit, which is thousands upon thousands of dollars. Bring your own Band-Aids. You can go into the travel section of CVS and they have a little carrier of five Band-Aids. Just get a bunch of them and replenish when they're gone because I'm telling you, it happens. You will cut yourself in weird ways on a plane. I've done it so many times. The idea of taking your time when you're faced with an issue that you didn't predict is actually 
pivotal to your success. I knew of a flight attendant, contractor, first day ever on the job. She was running up and down the stairs of the airplane doing catering. She was in heels and she was pretty much running up and down the stairs and it was raining. She slipped and she broke her ankle and she couldn't even do the flight. And she had to wait six months to come back because she was an older woman. And she came back and I heard she had a good career. But I mean, that is no way to start the job. So take your time. Whatever happens, catering doesn't arrive. Take your time and figure out a solution. If it's a big enough situation, talk to the pilots, involve them, and they will help you. So another example is I had a catering order that the catering company misread the time. I wanted the order to be delivered at 4 a.m. and they misread it to 4 p.m. Okay, and they shouldn't have done that because usually on a catering order, you write in military time, so 4 p.m. would have been 1600. I have no idea how they did it, but they did. Catering wasn't coming, catering wasn't coming, And finally, I called and they said, oh no, that's supposed to be delivered at 4 p.m. Long story short, I got it in the nick of time. I got what I could possibly get, but I had to involve the pilots at that point and tell them what happened. Keep in mind, it's 4 a.m. I probably can't get food anywhere else. So that was a major issue, but I did get most of it in time. So what you do to avoid this is you write the time of delivery twice in your email order. Once in the subject heading and then once inside the email. And I have an amazing template, my ordering templates, that if you're interested in, they're five bucks, you Venmo me the money and I send it to you. And I'm telling you right now, they will save your life. And if you read my book, you can read about my templates and I highly recommend all that. Be mentally prepared for last minute issues that may arise. Once you go in with this realistic attitude, positive, you know, you can say this is going to be a good trip. I'm going to have a good trip. This is going to be great. And I'm not saying it's not going to be a great trip because a lot of times when these things have occurred, okay, you have this hiccup for an hour and it's the most frustrating, stressful hour of your life. But then the next six days go really well and you're in the Caribbean doing yoga on a rooftop. There you go. So (laughs) there's a trade-off. But just have that realistic perception that things may go awry. And I'm telling you right now, you can easily handle them. And once you easily handle them and the pilots see this and the passengers may even see this, your name in the business, your reputation is going to skyrocket and you're going to get more and more jobs. So I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you are having a safe and healthy Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday. I will do another episode again soon and happy flying until then.